What is going on, guys? Episode 30 of the Main Stand Podcast. Mitchell here with Josh and Pat. We had a huge week in uh, both content and football matches. A lot has happened, especially in the last couple of days. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, so let's tuck right in. Let's. Uh, you want to talk about how drunk Pat got this past weekend? <laughs> I I plead the fifth. If you suck your follow us on Instagram, you know how drunk I was this weekend. He was incredibly intoxicated. Was supposed to come back to Maine with me. Ended up staying in Massachusetts. So we left Pat stranded at Gillette Stadium, just ripped out of the parking lot. Justin and I. Um, uh, I'm gonna just keep it a stack with the with the fans and uh, with all of my friends and loved ones. Don't remember leaving Gillette Stadium. <laughs> uh he also didn't remember how much beer he spilled on a 14 year old celebrating her her birthday i didn't uh, it, you're i did not spill okay i did but i didn't spill that much beer on the 14 year old it was, it was, it was a little en- it was enough to have her dad get visibly frustrated and talked off of a, a slight ledge what's so, he gonna do he was probably beat the shit out of me, but that's fine. He, she right. was in the splash zone, bro. I was double fisted Nicolas Ultras. What do you want me to do? Thought Gustavo Bo scored the penalty. You were no, rocking I didn't. I said aluminum Gil. cans too, which you got to respect. <laughs> no, no, we had to stop recording the first one because you said Gustavo Bo La Pantera with the penalty. <laughs> we we had to do it. He directly. won the penalty. No, <laughs> no, no. All right, well, it's a good thing Mitch was on content then. We have video evidence that Keel won the penalty and scored the penalty. Uh, well, it was a it was a good game, technically honest, uh, from from a sober point of view here. Uh, the Revs played their game. They they really just were able to control home field, and it was a one nil game. When it was all said and done, Earl Edwards had a few great saves, um, which we can talk about the uh, the Concacaf Champions League in a little bit. But no, the revs the revs are looking good to start the year. Um, Josie Altador's gotten a few pretty late game stints, um, but he's provided some pretty big impact in his uh, his time played. Legette has been immense and immense. Carlos Hill is has been doing his job as well so um no it was a really fun game we had a group of 12 of us uh so thanks for all the new soccer fans that were there too uh it was a lot of fun they actually were genuinely interested in what was going on asking questions throughout the game so we uh we grilled we chilled we had a good time and two of the three of us made it back to Maine that night I got back the next day. It was fine. I did I did wake up with, like, you know how I close out of all my apps normally, yes. Mitchell? Like, you know me yes. as a person. You're, you're very anal about it, yes. So I woke up, and I'm, I'm closing out of all my apps from the previous night. And uh, Uber was open, and oh I had a, a ride from Foxborough to Portland, like, loaded into my Uber. It was, like, 200 fucking dollars. I didn't buy it, but it, I was like, I "Why did that cross your? Why did that city group? Wow, that would have been a 
That I'll just put it on the main stand it. company card. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a tax write-off. Yeah, it's, um, it's, you donated to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, in, in more in more sobering news, um, Josh, why don't you tell us about the the men the United game? I was I wasn't quite as drunk as Pat. I, I think I was getting there. Uh, the the wetness <laughs> kind of settled me down uh, in between games. Uh, I went early in the morning and watched the Liverpool game uh, at Brits Pub in Minneapolis. That was a good time, and I do have show and tell. Um, shout out to official supporter club uh, Minneapolis of the sick Minicop scarf and the old candy font. That's cool. Um, That's cool. It's a good one. And then the back of it has all of the results from our title winning season. So, that's uh, a good scarf. Yeah, it's a good yeah, scarf. That's really sick. Nice little present. Um, but yeah, it was good to watch the um, Liverpool West Ham game there. Quite a bit of people showed up. I'd say probably. 30 40 people watching the game that was a good way to start the morning kind of a snatch and grab win that wasn't the best performance from liverpool by any means but uh trent gets another assist Mane with the goal and you know we leave with three points which is all that matters uh then we headed over to um the allianz after a little bit of walking around knew the weather wasn't going to be great but the weather just kind of proceeded to get worse and worse as the match got closer to kickoff uh we're talking freezing rain, sleet, all that. Um, the Allianz still managed to, you know, fill up pretty quickly. It was full by the time uh, the game was ready to go. We had a sick Lizzo Tifo um, before the match. That, that was pretty sick, and you can see me kind of in the in the pictures. I'm right above um, kind of the top of the Tifo there. I thought the atmosphere for the Minnesota game was just unreal. Uh, we have some of the best fans in the MLS, in my opinion. Uh, our team isn't quite there. We, we knew that Adrian Heath is still the coach. We just don't quite have um, the tactics compared to, you know, other MLS teams. Also, we're without Roman Metinair, so we're kind of without a left back right now. We have Bakai DeBossi playing there. He, he had an all right second half. I thought he was pretty poor in the first half, but uh, we gave up a really early goal to Nashville, and it was kind of hard to work our way back. I actually ended up leaving at halftime just because of the weather. We had to drive back down to Rochester, which is about an hour 20 drive. Uh, so we needed to get on the road before it got too, too icy. And I, so I missed the Hassani Dotson equalizer in the second half, but we did manage to, to leave with a point, which probably is a disappointing result for the home opener. But it was a great time. And most importantly, uh, when the weather delay happened r right into the second half, uh, down in the concourse was like one of the most electric vibes i think i've been on where it was like 20 minutes of like the video i posted the 30 second clip um who, whoever's commenting on the instagram like literally fuck off about it not being a good vibe or, or whatever <laughs> i hate those people that like gatekeep what is good it's um, it's all it's all relative like yeah. it's 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 obviously not a premier league match that you're at or like it's a different culture, and I I think it's changing slowly but surely. Um, definitely noticing it in some of these newer cities and newer um, newer teams where there's this just diehard nature, and the the smaller soc soccer specific stadiums in particular, like you are getting those smaller but fierce fans that are uh, are are coming out and making those experiences what they are. Yeah, Shout out Charlotte FC for, for selling out their good, first home game. Good, That's yeah, crazy. And also, fuck the people that were comparing that to Gillette Stadium's home opener and and the <laughs> the, the comparison there. Like, 
you can't compare a brand new franchise like on the end of a, like it's it's on a on the end of the spectrum as like a novelty like there's a lot of build up there's a lot of hype that goes into a new franchise and a lot of marketing it's a big push it's also right in the heart of the biggest city in the in the state and then we have Gillette 26 27 year old franchise 45 minutes outside of downtown Boston like different climates different yeah. situations entirely there's no excuse like obviously I want to see Gillette Stadium full but they're never going to fill that stadium up for a New England Revolution game I had one more point too not to make this completely yeah, yeah. about me um I don't think no, a lot of people do. realize that the beginning of that clip I shared, everyone is like on the ground basically, and everyone stands up at the end, like when it gets to the LA part. So that pissed me off. But it was awesome. It was like 20 minutes of that straight during the weather delay, uh, and that's when we left, kind of after the the drumming and and singing died down a bit. But it was a good experience. I'm going back. Uh, there's another game in nine days. I'll probably like just buy tickets for randomly and then going back for the Chicago game on the, the 23rd of April. So won't be our uh, last trip to the Allianz before I probably head back out to Maine, but we'll see. I think we have to start planning um, a trip to Gillette stadium for when the Rebs play Minnesota at Gillette. Well, Mitch and, and I are considering becoming season ticket holders for the revolution this year. Yeah. So we might because... have to figure that out. Yeah, well, they do have an exchange program, which is, I think, going to be the seller, uh, where, like, if you can't go to a game, say, like, a weekday game, you can exchange that ticket for an extra ticket to a future game. So, like, we could use that to a later season game to bring other people, so we could have that definitely situated. But I'm sure you'd want to go sit with your uh, your crew on the other end of the stadium, like, in that one section that they get in the corner of the uh, the end zone. Now we'll put Josh in his Minnesota United kit in the fort. fort. I actually think it's pretty cool. Um, So, like, Sun Country's big out here. Uh, I think Sun Country's chartering um, flights for away supporters this year for Minnesota United, which is pretty dope. There was actually a decent amount of people that went to Philly. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, I guess the last thing on the the weekend recap is uh, I get to make this all about myself for a little bit here. Ah, uh, fellas, you wanna you wanna tell me what color Manchester is real quick? It's definitely not red. Mm. <laughs> Manchester no, it's, is it's, blue. It's not red, folks. I, uh, God, that was such a fun game. Uh, City are just showing how big the golfing class is between those two sides right now. Uh, I get it. United had their fun. In the past, Sir Alex Ferguson, they ran shit. Da, 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 da. They had their banners up in the stadium about, oh, you know, mind the gap, uh, all that stuff. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson said never in his lifetime. said never in his lifetime will City be better than Man United. It's been uh, it's been almost 10 years, Sir Alex, and uh, we're definitely better than United. So I had some fun this weekend. I had a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, De Bruyne definitely finding his feet again. Uh, proving that anybody who ever compared him to that little fucking rat Bruno was just wrong. Uh, Grealish played his best game in a city shirt by far over the weekend. Um, so that was really, really good to see. And uh, Phil Foden bodied Juan Basaka up the blues. Josh, I can't believe you said that was going to be a bogey game. 
I mean, you couldn't believe it when I said it about Tottenham, too, and it happened. It was, like, it wasn't the most crazy outlandish prediction, but you did wallop them, so i got to give credit where credit's due. Honestly, Harry Maguire, player of the game for City. That looked like nice. he dummied that ball, the one that went through his leg. That it was, was so a dummy. Funny. It was the, yeah, it was the offensive the play of the, uh, of the century. Like, he didn't even uh, – like, I – I was sitting there in shock that that is how he chose to play that ball. In like utter shock that this man just dummied this ball in front of goal instead of poking it out for a corner, making a, a simple play on it, turned his back to it and played it through. He sucks. I'm not going to complain. Thanks for the goal, bro. Late on the graphic, not a logistics company. Don't blame me if you're watching the YouTube. I blame you. Love you, Kev. Beautiful ginger motherfucker. That's my man of the match right there. The human stamina bar. That's facts. You can tell when he needs to get subbed <laughs> off, but he's turning red. Yeah, it was a good weekend to be a blue. Well, it was a good weekend to be one one shade of blue. Bad, bad match yeah. from Scott McTominay as well. I thought he was probably one of the worst players on the yeah. pitch for United. Looked lost. He, yeah, he, he was is abysmal. lost, man. He's not a he's not a top Premier League player. He, he I could see him at a maybe a lower, um, you know, prem side, but I don't see why United just keep playing him over and over. And the other big news too that we didn't really touch on was Ronaldo being left out of the squad. There's a lot of talk <laughs> about what that was about. Apparently, injury. Yep. Apparently, uh, allegedly. Yeah. But then we get the the what is it, sister? Like yeah, liking that liking Instagram that, post. Liking the post that it wasn't, and I don't know. I think that's a stretch. Like, I, I think Ronaldo is still the type of player who would still get up for a derby game. Um, and if he can't, he's obviously got something lingering, you know, whether it be his attitude or not. Like, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like a LeBron James situation, you know, sitting, sitting out a game or any other NBA superstar. I don't think it's like a situation like that. I, I do think there's probably something lingering going on, especially at this point in the season and his age. Do you think it could be Ralph trying to prove a point to the board that it's not him, uh, it's not Ronaldo? That's the issue. Well, I mean, I think that they're a better side without Ronaldo on the pitch. I don't think they, they do any better that game with Ronaldo versus without Ronaldo. With Ronaldo, they're pressing less, and that's like the biggest way to beat City is press them. That's the big, best way to beat any big team that holds the ball is press them, and Ronaldo's not doing any of that and if he's Ronaldo in the side. on the pitch, they know where they're trying to filter the ball to. Yeah, he's a constant goal-scoring threat, but he's not the same Ronaldo from like 2014 or 2015 he doesn't even look like the same Ronaldo that was winning golden boots in Italy he I, I mean he scores goals because he's Ronaldo but he just doesn't have that same like air about him anymore it's felt that way since you know the, the minute he stopped scoring when he started he started hot this Premier League season the minute he stopped scoring he just like completely lost that like Ronaldo effect that like Ronaldo level swagger that he has whenever he steps on the field he just like plummeted in my opinion it was kind of after the Liverpool game like after that defeat it was kind of like when he stopped his yeah he didn't he didn't score again until it was at least a month later so yeah I don't know I just uh 
I just think United suck. Uh, I think it's a player's problem, not a coaching yeah. problem. Um, I mean, obviously there's issues with like the ownership and the board and everything. I think that club is just a disaster. Um, and somehow still not the biggest disaster in the league though. Yeah. But this other one is just, we, we can, we can tuck into the shittier blue side here. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Roman Abramovich recently, you know, gave ownership of Chelsea away. And today it came out that uh, all of his assets are frozen. So Chelsea, one of his assets, um, they cannot make signings. They cannot re-sign players. Um, the only people that can go to get games moving forward for Chelsea at home are season ticket holders. And people and, have already purchased tickets. Yeah. And then their, um, their shirt sponsors have also said uh, – you know, been asked to be removed from the shirts and they're even as far as like their club shop closing close they you know they can't sell kits or anything like that. Um it's tough. I mean I get they can serve why food. it's yeah. Uh, I mean at the end of the day I get why it's happening. I understand the politics that surround um Roman Abramovich and Russia. Uh but it's like really tough on the fans, man. Um I, I think you're allowed to banter about it a little bit but i don't really like seeing any group of fans like have to deal with this like if it's gonna be one club in recent history a, a lot of people are probably like yeah i'm glad it's chelsea but i don't know man i think it just kind of sucks to see i think it's like super unfair for the fans and just like anybody who just kind of works for the club in general, um, they can't really control who owns their club and, and what their owner does outside of, you know, that environment. Uh, and, you know, I imagine that it, it's just like a kind of a tough time to be a Chelsea fan. The only people I feel sorry for really are the people who like work at the club shop and, and depend on it in that way. Um, and any other people who, you know, depend on the club who's being affected right now. But the Chelsea fans really don't have much to be sad about. It's not like they're going down in the Premier League. And I, I get it to a point of, like, the what's happening to them isn't funny. But I also don't feel the need to, like, kiss, you know, Chelsea's ass. Uh, especially when they're the ones, you know, saying right now, like, telling the government will remember this. And, you know, how unfair it is when they banter Liverpool about it for, you know, the past 20 years. So I feel really, like... I just don't really feel bad for him. I, it's like okay, so you can't buy players for one summer when, uh, you've been funded by, you know, bad people for for twenty years. I I don't really see the reason to feel too too bad for them. Uh, I mean, look who they've gone out and bought in the past couple of years. It just I don't think they're really going to be affected by it that much. Um, hopefully like, you know, like I said, daily employees, stuff like that, hopefully they're not affected, but you know, the people talking about fans having to go through it and stuff, what are they actually going through that, you know, regular premier league fans don't go through on a weekly basis? Well, I just think the, the, the fact that it could spiral into more stuff yeah, is unfortunate to see. Like, I get it. I'm not going to be kissing any ass either, but I'm not going to like kick them when they're down. I'm just going to let it exist and be like you know that i would not be super happy if my club was going through that kind of stuff i guess that's really all i'm trying to say is it's an yeah, unfortunate no, situation I get what you're trying to say yeah no and i i 
I, from working in sports and just, like, on a much smaller scale, just, like, knowing, like, from, for example, when COVID hit and all the uncertainty surrounding a sports franchise, the mental strain and work that goes into keeping something afloat when you're not having that revenue source come in, you're not having your 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 full operation up and running it's it's a load and i think this decision however political it is 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 hurting at at the end of the day chelsea is a business and a sports organization and it hurts them as a whole and i think the financial losses the devaluing of the asset and freezing it not allowing new business to come in puts a strain on a lot of people. And maybe there are, are those once or twice a year fans because that's all they can afford. They've been saving up money working and they haven't bought tickets to the match that they were planning on. Like there, there's a lot more smaller nuances to it than I think people realize. And it's, it's going to be under the, the spectacle. And I think, we'll notice a change um, as soon as things clear up on the bigger landscape, but it, it's going to take some time. And it's just unfortunate from a, from a fan perspective to see somebody else going through it. Yeah. I, it's I think it's unfortunate right now. I think they will get sold though. It's like, they're not going to yeah, freeze eventually, but there is that loophole of giving it over to the government to sell it. Yep. And that's the only way to do it. And I, if it kind of feels like if you're looking at it like a video game or like something that's just something you'd think of only happens in movies, it feels like Chelsea's a poker chip now. Yeah, I, I guess where I'm coming from in all this, and I, I totally agree with your guys' points. I don't want to come across as like, uh, you know, a dickhead here. Uh, yeah, no. Chelsea well, weren't always Chelsea like. 20 years ago like they they were at this point right now and i feel like it's almost like a greed thing of like oh like you're not gonna get like a hundred million dollars every transfer window or something like that if they did get sold or whatever happens with the team and it's like i just i don't think i think people are dramatizing it a little bit in terms of like the effects on the fans and stuff because i mean i don't know maybe that's just the, the way i'm seeing it but yeah, and I all we can do is wait and and see how it plays out. Obviously, it didn't falter them too much playing against Norwich today, um, but you know it's it's going to be something we're going to be talking about for some time because it's it's something we haven't experienced yet. The the government shutting shutting the assets of an individual and it affecting a whole hell of a lot more people than just that individual is I think the, the point that is, is getting people kind of riled up. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it, it kind of all ends up playing itself out. But um, I think we've set our piece yeah. on Chelsea. Um, Josh, you've always been a dickhead, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a particular gripe with Chelsea, and everyone I think that follows me and is friends with me knows that, besides, besides Bass, of course, and a, a handful of select fans. Um, yeah, he's like me my being favorite Chelsea fan. The Patriots fan, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's it is what it thing. is. I, like I said, I hope the daily employees and people that do depend on the club, you know, have their situations sorted. But football isn't all about money, and uh, a new owner will come in, and I think everything will sort out in, in the end. Obviously, risky times right now, but like Pat said, yep. I think we all said our piece. Exactly. And Mitchell's internet died, uh, so we're back. Mitch, now I'm in the welcome middle. Back. Um, so. Uh, as we were talking about before uh, before the break, before the ad break, um, the CONCACAF Champions League is going on right now. And the New England Revolution and the Seattle Sounders look like they're probably going to the semifinals right about, I don't know, what do you think, Mitch? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't get to watch the uh, New York and Seattle games, but they both had a similar result to the Revolution. Um, New York scoring three goals to one um, in their first leg matchup and uh, the Sounders winning three nil uh, both pretty convincing victories. I believe they were both at home and the next leg is played south of the border um, in their respective locations. I watched the Revs game last night. Uh, the Carlos Hill and Sebastian Legette link up is phenomenal. It's been so Silky. good. Silky. Uh, the Revs looked so fucking good moving forward last night. Just confident on the ball, making crisp passes. It it looked like the system was starting to get where Bruce wants it with these veteran um, additions to the squad. Like I said earlier, Josie has, uh, hasn't gotten many big leg stints. He's probably played a total of about 60 minutes at this point. Um, in all competitions and last night people were kind of giving him some flack uh, for his performance but I didn't see any issue with it he was coming on to help spread out play um, played a lot on the wing and was able to open up space and pass leading into the books a goal so it was uh, it, it was a good performance from Josie as well books with two goals last night um, Gustavo Bo looked threatening all night as well, making some really good shots on target. I I think people are being a little too critical, but it's the job's not done, but it feels good going um, mm. down to Puma's 3-0 up. The, um, the MLS MVP was doing MLS MVP things. Um, he's the best player on the pitch last night. Absolutely. I think he's – he, I mean, I get Lorenzo Insigne is going to be Lorenzo Insigne when he comes to the MLS, but I, it feels like Carlos Gill is – in my opinion, the best player in the MLS right now. Yeah, for sure. He's picked up where he left off last season. Um, he's playing whatever game he wants for 90 minutes in the midfield, um, running the system from from the middle. And it's just – it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a really confident player on the ball. He, he, remind, he has, like, all the best pieces of, like – the the OG midfielders that we saw when we were in high school. It's like the best pieces of Diego, the best pieces of Lee Wynn. You've got flashes of Jermaine hey. Jones and his defensive ability. Don't talk about MV Lee like that, all right? He was robbed. He was robbed that year. Dude. He was the MVP. I don't care what anybody says. Lee Wynn is one of my favorite revolution players ever, and I don't think anybody can deny that. Um, he's, he's up there. And uh, Carlos Heel is just so much – of that and more 
and he fits so well. And I'm so glad we've we've be, been able to build this team around him. We have two mm-hmm. young wing backs, um, By and Jones, who who are playing a very very great game offensively as well, opening up space for our midfielders to get up and apply pressure. Um, it's just a lot of fun to watch. It's an inspiring yeah. ball that Bruce has been putting together. The Reds are dope. Go, go New England. All right, we can go. To the, we can go to the other Champions League now, the less prestigious one. Exactly. Exactly. The UEFA Champions League. Um, before you guys have your say on this game, um, I just want to say I thought Inter played all right over those two legs. I think they had a very set in stone game plan, which was it was wine like little bitches. Please don't score 30 goals on us. We're just going to try to beat you on the counter. And I think Alexi Sanchez was unfortunate to get sent off. I really do. I think I will agree that with you. That was probably a yellow card re- regardless of you know the the I didn't see his first tackle. I started watching it like the 60th minute. I actually tuned in in Liverpool Liverpool. I tu- I turned the game on and Alexis Sanchez got sent off. Um, so I'm sorry, Inter Milan fans. It was my fault. The first one anyway, I thought was good enough for a red. I, I yeah, did I, didn't, I didn't see that. So if he shouldn't have been on the pitch, he shouldn't have been on the pitch. But I think getting a second yellow in the manner that he did, that was a little unfortunate. I mean, he, he won the ball. I get it. Like, he followed through and he hit the player. But, like, where the fuck is he supposed to go? Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunate, but, like, I get it. Studs were up, too, and he, he left a lot on him. So, it's a fair yellow card. I just think it was a little unfortunate. Um, and then after that, you, Liverpool just took over the game. Um, but I thought that Inter had a game plan. And, you know, if they come out of the San Siro, they don't, if they don't concede that second goal in the San Siro, it's a completely different ballpark going into Anfield that they had a game plan. They executed it pretty well. And they made life really, really hard for Liverpool. You know, despite losing the tie 2-1, they're the first team to beat Liverpool at Anfield since Van Dyke's been there. Yeah. It's been a long time. The last time we lost at Anfield was to Everton last year in the Premier League. Um, But it it took a Lotaro Martinez wonder strike to, you know, even get a goal on us. And I kind of went into this one saying, you know, I wasn't really sure what there was to be scared of in terms of Inter Milan. I mentioned Mar- Martinez specifically. I'm still not really that scared of him. I mean, it literally was a wonder strike. It couldn't have been more well hit. But Inter just didn't really look threatening for most of that game. Um, you know, it, it was a 1-0 loss, but you don't really feel it, you know, on the day because they advanced to the final eight. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, you know, in terms of that, I thought it was a decent game from us. We move on, which is the most important thing. And uh, the Inter Milan fans and the rest of, uh, you know, rival Premier League fans saying that Liverpool were out, or Liverpool were outcoached and outplayed are just I- insane people. Uh, yeah, I think that's XG, incorrect. Uh, yeah, it speaks for itself. We hit the post three times, too. I mean, Salah hit the post twice. Monte hit the crossbar. Liverpool easily could have won that, you know, 3-1, 2-1. Uh, and then yeah. no one's talking about it. So the ball just um, didn't fall our way that day. Yeah, I, I thought Screenyard had. An ama- Sorry to cut you off, Mitch. Yeah, I, I, just, yeah. I thought Screenyard had an amazing game for Inter. Um, in that second leg, he was my man of the match. You know, all things considered, I thought he was yeah, really good. I think Arturo Vidal had a really great game. I think he had a new record: forty-seven chats with the ref. Um, <laughs> like, Vidal's always been a douchebag. 
it's the the thing that frustrated me the most was how the players play into this woe is me and it was it was they were stretching for it for all 90 minutes oh after after sanchez got sent off dude it was bad they were they were trying to get it just just takes away from working and playing your game it's it's just not fun to watch and you know like i i commend them for winning that game they they earned they earned it fair and square that that goal was unbelievable um but what do you you make of the liverpool uh, fans on twitter mitch in terms of uh, after the game, I think after this game was probably the worst of the season in terms of the complaining about the team, offensive yeah. efficiency, and uh, I of think, course I think again it's... the noise at Anfield um, and and the top red situation brought back up again. Yeah, I think uh, it's typical. It's typical at this point where if we if we lose a game or if it's not running as well as everybody idolizes it and and i and and thinks of it how it's going to be in their minds before kickoff even happens like it takes away from your ability to actually enjoy what we're seeing um at the end of the day we're we're on to the next round we we got the job done you know we've been historically bad at playing against teams that go down to 10 men over the last couple of seasons and we just didn't have the ball bounce our way. I don't think it's it takes away from what we did. We controlled the match still for all 90 minutes. We had more shots on target that were just off target. You know what I mean? It's like it's the same conversation the other way around in the first leg when Inter were threatening. They hit the crossbar a couple of times. The ball just didn't fall our way, and it didn't take away from what we were doing, and I think it's just going to fuel them more going forward because none of those guys want to drop points again. None of those guys want to lose a game 1-0, especially at home after that long streak. But I think it it starts grinding the wheels again for the, for the, for the guys in the first team. Well, get ready to drop points again because you're losing in April. Nah. Not happening. Yeah, we'll see about that. It was, it was the last, the last, the last time. Remember the last time you had, remember the last time you had to win a game at the Etihad. Remember what happened there? Yeah. Speaking of anyway, winning, you live in the past. Bayern uh, beat Salzburg seven to one. Yeah, I don't really give a shit about this game. I don't really want to talk about it. Uh, Bayern did Bayern things. Uh, remember when we said um, Bayern are going to get the job done at home? Bayern got the job done at home. Moving on. Yeah. Talking Bayern. Uh, and here's Talking Man City. Uh, they started a 17-year-old at right back and a 90-year-old at center mid. Uh, they subbed on fucking Scott Carson in the 60th minute. We still won the tie 5-0. I fucking love Scott. The first save. Scott Carson has a Champions League clean sheet now. He's 100% clean sheet record yep. in the champions league and that's that's true you can't you can't say anything other than that about scott carson he's he's the best goalkeeper. he's the best player on the planet honestly i think we're, we can move right on to the, the match <laughs> everyone wants to talk yeah, about yeah the uh, good one 
Real Madrid PSG, that one ended 3-2 on aggregate in favor of Madrid, thanks to a Benzema second half Hattie. Um, Messi couldn't get the job done. Well, PSG couldn't get the job done. I'm pinning it on it a Messi, grip. yeah. Yeah, Messi as boy. you would, as one does, as you should. Um, if he made his penalty yeah. in the first leg, they, they might have had a chance. I mean, Benzema still scored three, so. Would have been tied on aggregate, though. It, if Messi, you know, converts that penalty, uh, I think you got to look at Messi first in, in the dressing room here. He's the experienced one. Uh, I don't know. The greatest of Neymar's... all time, as many say. Listen, pal. Uh, if Neymar scores the four chances he got in the first half, it's a totally different game. If 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 if, if literally any if PSG have four competent defenders, it's a completely different game. If Marquinhos doesn't assist Benzema twice, it's a completely different game. Uh, I I think I would rather praise the mentality of Real Madrid than well okay we can shit on PSG's defense because they were fucking abysmal but I think the mentality of Real Madrid like really really got them forward uh up for this game I thought Vinicius was class all day uh but give Benzema his goddamn flowers he's the most underrated player of this generation um Luka what a player unreal too yeah, they both were amazing. Yeah, Modric, Real Madrid came out in the second half with a point to prove, and it was unbelievable. They were they were so 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 good. Um, the banter in the yeah, ben- stand group chat was just unreal. Of you know, taught we were t- literally talking about PSG, uh, the Barcelona choke session. Uh, you know, a yep. handful of years ago, and it just it so unfolded funny. right in front of us. It was kind of unreal. Uh, I don't I that like the speed at which those first two goals the last two goals happened were unreal they equalized and then immediately Benzema scored again yeah I think and and then I think having Clive Telsley commentating it brought it all together oh it was awesome that game it's it's literally going to be up there with Champions League moments it it really is just the the storyline of the two legs it having involved Messi now the second time choking, um, and the second time it's <laughs> more than the second time. Well, in, Messi re- team is... in in recent memory here, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean it was it was Roma three years ago, and then there was Liverpool, Liverpool, and then they lost the City last year, and then they choked this year. It's it's, it's been it's been rough going for Lionel Messi teams. What can we say? Divock Origi broke the man. He was mashed on Mercy's side, and he's never recovered. I do, oh, I do want to say about this game, um, I, I did have something to say on this game, and it slipped but my mind just, in the past five seconds. He's just forgetting it now. No, we, we'll switch gears. Uh, I, I think when you kind of look at blame in this PSG team, this is what I was going to say initially, and I'll, I'll get back to my point here. Uh, the second boy, point being Pochettino and his kind of role involvement in all this. My first point is that this game goes to show that oil cannot buy Champions League trophies. Uh, it takes a special team to win a knockout tournament like this. Um, and Pat knows that quite hey, well. Um, oil got pretty close last year, and it, 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 it technically oil won no matter what last year. Yeah. Yes, you are right. Um, fair play. But um, but I do agree. I, I think the point you actually wrote in the notes, uh, instead of taking a dig at me, um, <laughs> that individual talent does not win Champions Leagues. It doesn't. It doesn't always guarantee you 
uh, success at the team level. It, it takes a, a legitimate group. Um, and Real Madrid are definitely a group, and they're a team, and um, they they have that that Champions League aura around them too. Uh, so, yeah. And, and also to your Pochettino point, um, all I'm gonna say is you can take Poch out of Tottenham, but you can't take the Tottenham out of Poch. It's fair. Yeah, at this point, though, he ha- he has coached. Uh, uh, you know, I read through the list a couple. It was Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Kane, Son. Uh, and doesn't really have a trophy yet. So, coach some players at Southampton as well. Um, I mean, I think uh, somebody somebody on my timeline had a really good tweet about PSG, um, and it was PSG or just Tottenham, but. They went to private school. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, they have the money. They, I mean, they came pretty close uh, when they lost to Bayern in the final, and then uh, they lost to you know City the previous year. I think PSU will end up getting a Champions League, um, but I think it's going to take you know it's going to take the right coach. Um, I mean, I said it at the start. Of, oh God, man! I think it. it, it for a team to win their first ever Champions League, there kind of has to be this like perfect storm. I mean, you look at Chelsea, it was like the only thing that they had going for them that season. And then, you know, when they beat Barcelona in the fashion that they did, um, it just felt like inevitable, even though they went down 1-0 to Bayern. Um, there, there was just that like, there's like this aura around a club when they won a Champions League, like they're Liverpool in the Champions League after like losing to Madrid in that final and then just like tearing through the Champions League that whole year it's just like yeah Liverpool are winning the Champions League this year like there's no doubt about it or like when Madrid were on that run where it was like win the Champions League win the Champions League win the Champions League like after they like halfway through the campaign in that second one you knew they were winning it and then going into the three-peat it was like Madrid are gonna three-peat like anybody who thinks Madrid is not about to win their third Champions League is insane um so it, they just this just this perfect storm that kind of needs to happen um, for a team to win a champion. Like it's, like I mentioned, just to win a Champions League in general. But when your first Champions League, like a lot has to go uh, correct. Like they need a manager that knows how to do it. Um, I don't think they're gonna win one with Messi at the club. I, I really don't. Um, I think Messi's you know he Messi is using PSG like most people use the MLS. Uh, he's using it like a David Beckham used psg Pat. he's like too good to retire there i'm i was gonna just keep going and then oh okay fair let mitch fi- file in here fair enough oh uh, we're over we're over two we'll we'll uh <laughs> no we're not a logistics company we'll go keep it rolling here why not yeah uh yeah but perfect storm um but yeah i think potch probably should go i don't think he's the guy to really lead psg i mean fair enough he bottled the league for the first time in forever he bottled the coupe the league he bottled you know the, a bunch of not a bunch, but like a couple of domestic French trophies that like PSG like just should sweep up with the team that they have. So yeah, he's a bottle artist. I just don't. Sorry, boys. No, you're good. We're still going. Uh, I just don't see the roadmap for PSG ever winning a Champions League because Mbappe is going to leave. Uh, I think that's pretty set in stone right now. Um, they've always just been that posh kind of soft, fancy club. You know, Ronaldinho, Ibrahimovic, Beckham, really, really big names always, but it never really accumulates to anything. Um, I think that's kind of the, the club they'll always be. The, they're the club that has the awesome brand and uh, fan base. 
but they're I don't think they're ever at winning Champions League level. Um, they it had feels a lot like of really too good much individual. talent. Yeah. It just, it just feels like too much talent goes through that team for them to never win one, though. Like, it'll happen. It'll happen. I, I don't think in the near future. No, I, I think five, six years, maybe. It would have one. to be five years out, I think, for me at this point. Yeah, I, I think it, they've still got a long ways to go. Is it just one of those super teams that just isn't working out? Yeah, it's just... Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Neymar and Messi were a great duo when Messi was like in his late 20s, early 30s, and Neymar was, like, widely regarded as the third best player in the world. But, like, Neymar can't stay fit. Messi is a completely different player. And the team is built around Mbappe now. And as great as Mbappe is, uh, he just doesn't – it's, like, crazy to say this, but, like, hear me out. He's not a player that's going to win you a game – completely on his own if that makes sense like he's got the quality to put you in a really good spot but i don't know i don't he's like the last stone in the in the infinity gauntlet you know what i mean it's yeah like, he, it's just he... like the last piece that you need to fit in that that like one specific side needs because he has that he has that quality he has the pace he has the finishing he has the dribbling but it's just like he needs the the right group behind him to push him forward to do what he needs to do. And maybe it's just an age and a mentality thing too. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Mbappe is comfortably a top five player in the world right now. Um, but I, I, I just don't – they don't make them like Messi and Ronaldo anymore, man. They just don't. They just don't. When Messi and Ronaldo were those guys' ages, they were winning games on their own. It's I don't know, man. I get it. I think he's a great player, but I just don't think he's got that. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's there quite yet. That, that's fair. Um, I don't know. PSG just seems – I think to, like, compare it to another sport, they're almost like the Lakers um, in a way. Like, they have LeBron James. They bring in Anthony Davis and, you know, win a title. And then they bring in Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. And it's like, oh, you have this stacked lineup of superstars. Like, how are they not good together? Uh, and sometimes that's just the way it plays out. Uh I think it has a lot to do with the dressing room, honestly, and like the egos in it. I I can't imagine that it's a very good environment. Um, and I think you have to have a special environment to win a big trophy like the Champions League. I think that's probably, you know, what it comes down to. It's hard to make an impact as a manager. Um, you know, and Poch knows that probably quite well by now. It's hard to make an impact when you have that many superstars. Not, like, just big egos, like, superstars. Um you know, on the celebrity there's, world. There's too many people that are able to go out and win you that game on that side. It's like, it's like too, it's taking away from that, like little smaller piece that could fit in to take away from, you know, three people moving forward that all want to win the game that aren't going to necessarily get it done together. Mm. Yeah. They almost need like a Bobby Firmino type, like a link up guy. That's like not, looking to fucking score every five seconds or like make a fancy dribble move yeah it's just like take somebody to slot it out and just take a little bit of that extra pressure away from all of them pushing forward looking for the goal as if they are getting it on their foot Mm -hmm. i don't know and maybe that's just the wrong mentality like the way i'm saying it sounds weird but i know it makes sense in my head 
because like you obviously want people out there that are looking to win the game at all times and finish a, a, a goal if a ball lands on their foot but Messi was trademarked running coast to coast and just finishing a game by himself Neymar I just wants think to have the ball on his foot and Bappe yeah. wants to run they just they just need something and I don't know if they'll get it anytime soon um, yeah. we'll see um, in other news, and more important news, honestly, if you really think really? about it, more important news. Um, how's the weather in Florence, Mitchell? It's okay. It's okay. Fiorentina right now, sitting in eighth, with a game in hand, four points back of Roma in sixth. Uh, drop points this past week. Uh, had a 1-1 draw. But like I feel like a broken record because we're in this point of the season where like the weather is kind of the same every day. It's like pretty cloudy, but then the sun starts poking through. You know what I mean? Like that's that that's that typical springtime feel. Like you're gonna have that overcast, but you're gonna have those moments through the day with the sun poking through. Um, and it's just it's just really gearing up to be a good one this weekend for for the Violas uh, going up against uh, Bologna. Uh, who they've had their number over the last five, six years. Um, they have been unbeaten against them. Uh, nine wins, six draws in their last 15. And uh, it's it's just a good matchup for the Violas. Uh, they are at the Frankie, so they will be at home. And I think they're just going to be looking to find that form again uh, after a couple of tough games um, in the Coppa Italia and then dropping that 1-1 game uh, last week. So I, I do see them bouncing back big this weekend with a 3-1 win. It's always good to we'll hear. See. We'll see. Um, that was your Fiorentina forecast. Um, just weathermen can are normally wrong. So just remember that, everybody. Weathermen are normally wrong. This is true. Uh, all right, Josh. Where should they put their money this weekend? How about that? Yeah, we, I think we went 500 last weekend. It wasn't a great week. wasn't a bad one. Um, kind of hit right down the middle. We had some pretty big games. I think it'll be a fun weekend in the Premier League. It's the first weekend in a while. I just don't have anything to do. So I am sitting on my recliner back there at 630 on Saturday morning watching Liverpool, and I'm going to watch soccer all damn day. I'm going to be happy about it. Attaboy. Um, Liverpool-Brighton kicks off. That's That's the first game. Uh, it's a tough one. Liverpool yeah. dropped points to Brighton in the reverse fixtures this reverse fixture this year, um, but Liverpool's on a really good run of form. Obviously, they'll want to bounce back a little bit from that sort of loss. I'm not even counting that as a loss because aggregate games are weird. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, I kind of mentioned here in the notes that Kukurea had Salah a little bit in his pocket in that first match, so I'm interested to see if Salah has any tricks up his sleeve for this one. Um, he definitely does. He's Mo yeah. Salah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I do think there's some injury problems for Liverpool. I'm not sure if Thiago um, – I heard something about Van Dyke also not being in training. So, we'll see about that. That might have just been uh, not really pictured in photo, photos or anything like that. But we'll see come game time. Uh, I definitely think Jurgen can rotate a little bit in this match. We'll see yep. what that brings exactly. Yeah. Um, 
But my two picks for this one are solid, a score minus 110. It's been a couple games for him where he hasn't, so I'm expecting one. Um, but I do have the under 2.5 at plus 130 as well. Brighton are a good defensive side when they want to be. Um, and, yeah, I don't see Liverpool you know, beating the brakes off him in any way. Liverpool really hasn't been scoring a ton either. So I see been this one as a 1-0, 2-0 win. Yeah, I, I don't see it being a bloodbath, but I would love it to be. But I do think we see a rotated side. I, I see, like, Ox getting in the starting lineup in this one. Maybe Simikas, uh, Kanate, and Joe, um, if if they're all healthy. I um, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of pressure right now. I think this is a time where it's 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 the start of focus time. It's this is where we establish it. We run our game. We don't overdo it. We just kind of play how we want to play yeah. and build up to to the fixtures that we need um, because we're getting into crunch time now. We're we're four or six weeks out from from being done with the season. So. Yep. Um, that that is why I disagree with you. I think there is pressure on Liverpool every single game for the remainder of the season. There's pressure on both of us, to be fair. There exactly. I, I, I don't. I, th- I don't think I, saying that there is no pressure is very accurate. I think what I mean by that is just that mental buildup, and is beginning now. I, I think it's already there, but I think the game against Inter, the current run of form we've been in, we've been picking up some knocks after being very healthy and very excited. I think this is where I think it's that tune-up game where, okay, let's let's get the engine running properly before we go go down the home stretch. Or, or, or you draw nil-nil with Brighton at home and the wheels fall off. I don't think that's so gonna happen. So Pat's calling bogey funny. game. This is Pat's no. version of saying bogey game. No, I think you guys are gonna be Brighton pretty handily. Uh, yeah, I, I think two, three goals, but I just think it'd be fucking funny. Brighton haven't been. <laughs> I, I've bet on Brighton a few times, kind of here throughout the season. They haven't been great, kind of in the middle stretch. It started off the season pretty good, but I still yeah. think you have to value uh, the tactics Graham Potter will put into this game. He's a really smart manager, and he, he usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a pretty good game plan when he goes up against Klopp. So uh, we'll see what happens. Ne- next one, uh, the the big one on Saturday is Man United versus Tottenham. Uh, this is the opposite spectrum yes. of good game plans. Continue. Exactly. It's going to be a, a very good game, I think. It's going to be entertaining for neutral fans, more importantly, because um, I just think it's going to be a shambles. Ultimately, I think um, Tottenham's attack is too good for Man United's defense. I think that's where these two teams are separated. Kane, Son, and the, the new guy Tottenham has, I, I can't even. Kulevsky? Yeah. Kulevsky, yeah. Name. Yeah, Kulevsky, Kulevsky. you got a K and L and a U. Yeah, Man United ain't something. He's Swedish. That's the one thing I know. Um, Tottenham are somehow the underdogs in this game. Money line odds a plus 245. That's that might oh, be my you pick hammer that. Yeah, hammer. I think you hammer that. Yeah, you hammer that. You are welcome for that pick. It'll probably make you rich. Uh, hammer it, like Pat said. Bet responsibly, but hammer it. Because Man yeah. United ain't winning shit. Hammer it with hammer it within your financial means. And and remember, it's just a suggestion. Yeah, one eight hundred gambler. If you have an issue, four one one. The next game, uh, Chelsea versus Newcastle. 
this one is pretty fun. Just with everything, obviously, what's going on at Chelsea isn't fun. But it's a fun one in terms of their drama at Chelsea. Newcastle are just, like, on smoke in terms of form. Unbeaten in their last eight. I watched them play Southampton this afternoon. They looked fantastic for most of the game. What, what do you guys think about this one? I'm still laughing about the, the betting thing at the end of that last pick. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, man. I think Chelsea at home are still Chelsea at home. Um, uh, I just feel so weird about taking Newcastle here, even if they are in good form. Like, Chelsea are still a really good side, man, and it's not like they've been, like, dipping very much recently and like they still look like a pretty solid side um i don't, I don't know i i think this is going to be the game where newcastle's winning run comes to an end or unbeaten run i should say comes to an end i see draw written all over this it's a good show i think i i think newcastle are going to play right into how to how chelsea defend i think it's going to be low scoring draw maybe one one two two if it gets sloppy, but I just – I don't see Mendy really letting up very many, if at all, and Newcastle are going to have that ability to get one, but they're they're going to let one up on the counterattack for sure with the pressure that Chelsea can apply. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. I, I think Newcastle's midfield can probably use a little bit of work here, but um... – yeah, That's with the summer score. Yeah, the, the pick here is uh, Newcastle plus 1.5. That's minus 115. So Newcastle just can't lose by two or more. Uh, yep. Chelsea could still win by one. This bet still hits. So that's the pick there. Um, West Ham Villa next, another really fun one. I think Villa have started to pick back up form from that little kind of blip. Obviously, Gerrard kind of started on fire, and then Villa went through a little hard stretch of three or four games. Um they smoked Leeds tonight, 3-0. Speaking of Leeds, we're not going to talk about them, but Jesse Marsh might get fired there quicker than he did at Leipzig. Uh, not saying anything about that, but um, Coutinho has just been fantastic at Villa. Uh, four goals and three assists in, like, seven games. Um, in the clear Yeah, he's been, he's been real good. Yeah, I, I love your pick for this, by the way. Both teams to score, and yeah. the Villa do not bet. And I, I, I like the picks a lot for this game. Yep, that's... I have nothing to, nothing to add. Yeah, nails it on the head there. Wait, draw, no bet, not do not draw. bet. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still learning my... Villa, still learning do my not bet here. on them. I love it. Do <laughs> not bet on Villa. Don't Fuck bet them. on Villa. It's plus 135. <laughs> We're yeah, betting the Villa draw, no bet. too. Yeah, Pat's in elementary school of betting. The other big one to this is that West Ham are coming back from a midweek game... Um, in Seville in the Europa League, so I think they're going to have a little bit of tired legs because, you know, West Ham in the Europa League, they're going hard for that one. Definitely a big chance for them to win a trophy, so I think they're going to be pretty tuckered out from that one. I I think Mm -hmm. Villa will have – I guess Villa played too, but I think Villa could probably rotate a little bit more. Um, Yeah. Next one, Arsenal-Leicester. This one's kind of tough to call. Um, you know, on paper, Arsenal are obviously the better team as of late. Leicester have had just a, a shambles of a run. On paper, these t- sides are pretty even in terms of talent. Um, I just think Arsenal, they are starting to build a little bit of an identity. 
and as this top four race kind of does start to take more of a shape coming into the run-in, I think Arsenal um, are going to win these bigger matches, and I think that will Absolutely. culminate in a Champions League berth for them. So I am taking... I agree. Yeah, I'm taking an Arsenal parlay here for them to win and over 1.5 goals in the game. So there just has to be two goals overall and an Arsenal win, and that's minus 140. A little bit of a juicy bet, but... In Pat's words, what's the Sokka do not bet? <laughs> I think Sokka to so- score, I, draw no I, bet. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we see Sokka to score in this one. I think Arsenal have been have have been coming into their own over the last few weeks and uh in order to to capture that fourth place spot arteta we know wants it at this point so i think they're going to to do everything they can to lock it up it's the perfect storm for mikel arteta's tricky gunners to take points off of liverpool to secure city the title <laughs> I'm okay. so fine with Arsenal making Champions League. I'm actually kind of rooting for it because it's just one more team in the Champions League that won't go anywhere, um, and that I would be fine facing in you know later rounds if that happens. So I'm fine with Arsenal. They, they get top four, go out and do it. I think they're add, going add, to add yeah. the extra competition. Be our guest. It, it'll be good for them financially too. But I just think they're in. Over yeah, for the LA Rams. Cronky, cronky nation, baby. <laughs> um, over, over to Pat's boys. If Crystal Palace do the double over us, I'm not going to be on the episode next week. I'm just, I'm using PTO if we fucking lose. At Selhurst, I believe. That you're right because they beat us at the fucking Eddie Head. Selhurst is tough, man. They got a good. If, if Palace do the double over us, I will not be on the episode next week. You heard it here first. Will you go? Will you at least give us a, an official statement? Like a written statement that we can read. Yeah, absolutely. If and when this happens, yeah, yeah we'll, I'll, uh, we'll, I'll, we'll write I'll... we'll write something down and and be able to read it in your absence. Yep, because uh, I'll be pretty bummed. I need I big Wolf, I won't be... Wolf Zaha to come through for me in this one. Um, uh, I mean, I think we should win. We've been better away from home than we have at home. So, yeah, that's fair. I don't think this will be a blowout, honestly. I think Palace will give you a run. I think Palace will score a goal as well. Um, I have Palace, again, plus 1.5, so not necessarily a Palace win. I expect it to be close. That's minus 105, so, you know, the books at least are saying that's not that surprising of a result. Um, And I throw in a fun one here, obviously, bet responsibly, but over 10.5 corners just for the hell of it. Uh, That will happen because we're going to shell them. They're going to defend deep. Yep, I like that. I think that's that's eleven corners. Fuck yeah! Also the same line, so it's yeah. And I like Goyata too, and Matt or Guaita or however you say it. Guaita, um, yeah. So if he parries a lot of shots, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, corners galore. Hey, and and I mean, Josh didn't get shelled for that, but I learned how to say Shalanoglu. <laughs> I was saying Cal Hungulu like two weeks ago, so I. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fucking hate you both. <laughs> I, I thought Cal Hungulu was the right because I remember this coming up like a cut like at the beginning of the season when he got sold, 
And I thought I had it down with Cal Hungulu, and the guy on TV was saying it the other day, and I was like, ah, oh, that's like Spanish to me. That's that's definitely wrong. <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying his name really wrong. <laughs> All right, you guys got anything else for this week's episode? Just enjoy what we have. It's fun right now. We're ha- we're having a lot of good football matches being played all over the world. Yeah, Chelsea fans. I'm sorry if I was mean to you. Uh, you you'll were. Be fine. <laughs> I don't. No, yeah. say it with your chest, bro. You'll be fine. Double bag I at do the end of that. They will be say fine. With your chest. They'll, they'll be fine. I, I I think it's fine to take the piss out of rival clubs. Um, <laughs> but we move on. I think it's going to be a really good weekend of footy, guys. I think it's going to be one yeah. we'll enjoy and have plenty to talk about next week as well with uh the wrap-up of the round of 16 in the champions league yeah and we're we're six oh. days away from uh Concacaf champions league second legs being played too so we have go a, revs we go revs it's it's awesome seeing the mls represent this this late in the uh in the tournament we're gonna we're gonna find out our semifinals very shortly and go revs fuck yeah yes sir Deuces. Episode 30. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.